Somewhere deep within, each of us desires an inner flow of peace and power that transforms our daily attitudes, relationships, and life decisions. Welcome to the Peace and Power Podcast, where we discover how the living Jesus offers the flow of that peace and power in our everyday experiences. With the Bible as our guide, here is Dr. Jim Coleman with today's Bible Talk. The famed British luxury liner Titanic was to be one of the greatest passenger ships in maritime history. For its time, the deck and hull dimensions were enormous. Below deck were those 16 watertight compartments which earned the bragging right that this ship was unsinkable. Some of the most wealthy people alive were among the 2,220 passengers aboard when it launched for its maiden voyage headed from England to New York City. The date was April 14, 1912. But as you know, it never arrived. Just before midnight, an iceberg sliced through the hull, and in less than three hours, the ship descended into the Atlantic. Less than one-third of the passengers survived in lifeboats. History would have you believe it was that iceberg which led to the Titanic's demise. But that's not entirely true. Do you know what really sank the Titanic? Piecing together the entire story, we have discovered the iceberg had human accomplices. The greatest threat to the Titanic were unwise human decisions. In short, the Titanic was going too fast with too few lifeboats in too dangerous of waters. An attempt was made to arrive in New York earlier than planned to brag of the Titanic speed. Lifeboats had been removed for more deck space to brag of the Titanic's roominess and beauty. It was known that icebergs inhabited that Atlantic waterway, but that fact was almost ignored. We now know what really sank the Titanic. Pride. 800 years before the birth of Christ, there was a Titanic king in Judah. His name was Uzziah. He took the throne at age 16 and for several years was a godly king. Because of that, God blessed Uzziah. We read of this reign in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. And his kingdom was secure in every way, militarily, economically, culturally. We read in verse 15 of that 26th chapter that his fame spread far and wide, for the Lord helped him wonderfully until he became very powerful. Yes, Uzziah's was a titanic kingdom. In fact, everyone in Judah probably would have declared Uzziah's kingdom is unsinkable. We also hear in the following verses in that chapter describing his later spiritual condition that he lived in isolation, excluded from the temple of the Lord. What sank this titanic king of Judah? The very same thing that sank the titanic. Pride. So, hear the full story as it is read from Second Chronicles chapter 26. All of the people of Judah had crowned Amaziah's 16-year-old son, Uzziah, as king in place of his father. After his father's death, Uzziah rebuilt the town of Elath and restored it to Judah. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His mother was Jechaliah from Jerusalem. 
He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah had done. Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him to fear God. And as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. Uzziah declared war on the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, Jabna, and Ashdod. Then he built new towns in the Ashdod area and in other parts of Philistia. God helped him in his wars against the Philistines, his battles with the Arabs of Gur, and his wars with the Munites. The Munites paid annual tribute to him, and his fame spread even to Egypt, for he had become very powerful. Uzziah built fortified towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and the valley gate and at the angle in the wall. He also constructed forts in the wilderness and dug many water cisterns because he kept great herds of livestock in the foothills of Judah and on the plains. He was also a man who loved the soil. He had many workers who cared for his farms and vineyards, both on the hillsides and in the fertile valleys. Uzziah had an army of well-trained warriors ready to march into battle, unit by unit. This army had been mustered and organized by Jael, the secretary of the army, and his assistant, Messiah. They were under the direction of Hananiah, one of the king's officials. And these regiments of mighty warriors were commanded by 2,600 clan leaders. The army consisted of 307,500 men, all elite troops. They were prepared to assist the king against the enemy. Uzziah provided the entire army with shields and spears, helmets, coats of mail, bows, and sling stones. And he built structures on the walls of Jerusalem designed by experts to protect those who shot arrows and hurled large stones from the towers and the corners of the wall. His fame spread far and wide, for the Lord gave him marvelous help, and he became very powerful. But when he had become powerful, he also became proud, which led to his downfall. He sinned against the Lord his God by entering the sanctuary of the Lord's temple and personally burning incense on the incense altar. Azariah the high priest went in after him with 80 other priests of the Lord, all brave men. They confronted King Uzziah and said, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is the work of the priests alone the descendants of Aaron who are set apart for this work. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have sinned. The Lord God will not honor you for this. Uzziah, who was holding an incense burner, became furious. But as he was standing there raging at the priests before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy suddenly broke out on his forehead. When Azariah the high priest and all the other priests saw the leprosy, they rushed him out. And the king himself was eager to get out because the Lord had struck him. So King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in isolation in a separate house, for he was excluded from the temple of the Lord. His son Jotham was put in charge of the royal palace, and he governed the people of the land. The rest of the events of Uzziah's reign from the beginning to the end are recorded by the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. When Uzziah died, he was buried with his ancestors. His grave was in a nearby burial field belonging to the kings, for the people said he had leprosy, and his son Jotham became the next king. Well, by looking at how pride sank this king's rule, I can know what to watch for in my own life to avoid sinking. 
And you want to avoid the same threats to your faith and to your witness. So just briefly, notice the four ways pride sank King Uzziah. First, King Uzziah took self-credit. And when we take self-credit, we will sink without recognizing God's providence, God's power at work, God's blessing in our life. I heard the story of how several years ago an elementary teacher in Manhattan in New York City realized that many of the children in her classroom didn't know where milk came from. When asked, they said that milk came from the grocery store. So she took them on a field trip to a dairy farm, and there the children witnessed firsthand, some of them for the first time, that milk came from a cow, and the cow must be fed, and the cow must be cared for. And they saw the whole concept of a dairy farm. Then they learned how milk must go through several inspections and through packaging before they saw it on the shelf at the grocery store. So that's where milk came from. Uzziah's problem was that he forgot where his blessings came from. God Almighty was the source of the strength and prosperity of Uzziah's kingdom. But Uzziah's pride convinced him that he was the source of these blessings, that he was the reason for his kingdom's success. You know, there are those who desire that the in God we trust motto be removed from the currency of the United States. But that motto is to be a reminder of providence, a reminder of where blessings come from. Could it be that a desire to remove that motto is really saying America does not need the providence of God. We trust in ourselves, and that is pride. And just mark it down, if America turns its back on the providence of God, just like ancient Israel, just like this leader, Uzziah, it will sink into the icy waters of history. Humble thanksgiving and praise to God for being the source of our blessings protects us from the ruin of pride. So we see that Uzziah took self-credit. He did not recognize God's providence. Next, we see that Uzziah stops respecting God's authority. British pastor Nicky Gumbel tells the story of taking his son to play a soccer game. And at game time, the man expected to officiate the game hadn't yet arrived. So even though Nicky didn't know much about officiating soccer, he agreed to be the official. The game started and the players began complaining that Nicky was not noticing fouls. Nicky was also very unsure about some of the rules. (laughs) And it wasn't long into the field, he said, was mayhem. I didn't know how to officiate authoritatively. The players didn't have the freedom to play because there was no sense of fairness on the field. So soon the real official arrived. He took out his whistle and he ran onto the field. And within seconds, the game was running smoothly. Because now a trustworthy and effective authority was applying the proper rules of the game. Now the players had true freedom to play because an authority was there to make the game run smoothly. We see in this story that Uzziah, who was not a priest but a king, was so arrogant that he went into the temple and he took over a priestly responsibility of offering incense, a responsibility God had not given to him. He decided he would rewrite the rules to suit his own 
ego. He wanted to be his own official. And because of that pride, God would soon remove Uzziah from his kingly responsibility. God has given us the authority of his written word to make our lives better, just like the soccer game on the field. God's word doesn't restrict us near as much as it frees us. Living outside of God's authority and being our own authority is a recipe for mayhem, mayhem in our relationships and in society at large. So respecting God's right to be the authority in our lives means putting aside the pride of desiring to run and rule our own lives. The second part of Uzziah's downfall was self-rule, and he stopped respecting God's authority. We then see that King Uzziah's third mistake was isolating himself from God's truth. God put those around him to warn him not to offer incense in the temple, but Uzziah chose to disregard what the priest said, to disregard godly accountability, and to isolate himself in disobedience to God. This is why worship attendance and small group experiences in the church fellowship are not optional. They are critical. They're essential. When I separate myself from other believers and remove myself from living under the godly accountability of my brothers and sisters in Christ, I am likely headed into the dangerous, dark, isolated, icy waters with no one to help steer me away from the icebergs in my path. And finally, a fourth mistake that King Uzziah's pride made was that it kept him from repenting. To repent, as you know, means to turn from the direction you're heading 180 degrees and head in the other direction. For years, my father's career sometimes required him to go to homes and to determine if a new window or door had been installed properly. One time, he was knocking on someone's front door when he heard a large dog bark behind the house. No one answered the door, and the next time he heard the dog bark, it sounded closer. Still no one answered the door, and then the dog barked again and sounded even closer. Well, this was when my father knew he had to make a quick decision. He could hope someone would answer the door, or he could turn and begin running back to his car parked in the driveway. Well, he turned and started running. Soon a large German shepherd appeared around the corner behind him, and the race was on. Fortunately, he had left his door unlocked, so he flung it open, jumped in, and just as he closed the door, the dog's angry face appeared in the door window. Now, my father knew by that closer and closer threatening sound that something bad was going to happen in the near future if he didn't turn around, if he didn't repent and get back to the car. And so God gives us messages of the consequences of living in our own direction pridefully setting our own destiny, refusing to change a course that would bring forgiveness and new power into our lives. And God gives us the gracious opportunity to turn from a wrong direction and to come into close relationship with him and live an abundant life. But it's our choice. And we see that King Uzziah lost it all because his pride kept him from repenting. As I close, let me ask you, Have you ever heard of the novel Futility? It was a fictional drama about the maiden voyage of a fabulous ocean liner, a ship far larger than any previously built and labeled unsinkable. 
the vessel sets sail from England to New York, loaded with passengers, strikes an iceberg, and it sinks. The name of the ship in this novel was Titan. Now, obviously, you're now thinking, well, this was just a retelling of the real disaster of the Titanic. Actually, that cannot be true, for this novel was written in 1898, 14 years before the real Titanic set sail. Fiction had sounded a warning of what pride could do, and apparently it is what pride, 14 years later, did. What blessings Uzziah had been given, what potential, what possibilities, and yet his pride was his own undoing. Today, we could be, we should be, celebrating how faithful this ancient king was to God and God's people. And we would be, if not for his pride. I don't want my relationships, my faith, my work, God's blessings in my life, I don't want those to sink because I was too proud to give it all humbly to God. Instead, I want to be faithful in my place and in my time to what God has called me and blessed me to do. Don't you? Thank you for listening to the Peace and Power podcast, and we invite you to subscribe to hear the next upcoming Bible talk. Again, our website is peaceandpowerpodcast.com, and our prayer is that God's Word has brought you a greater sense of a supernatural flow of God's peace and power in your life.